Welcome to episode 53 of Shane Talks. What's your favorite scary movie? Hi, it's me, Shane and White. Tonight, I am joined by Jason Elmayer, my regular co-host. And our special guest this week is another one of my horror aficionado buddy friends. Well, both of our buddy friends. Uh, Mr. Brandon Yotter, who you know from our like nine hour long James Bond episode and then our like 10 hour long Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. Uh, I have sworn that we're going to keep this to an hour. We tried that last week. It ended up being 90 minutes. So we'll see how tonight falls. Um, we, we have you know a short list of movies that we're going to talk about uh, specifically. Because as far as horror slasher thriller movies go, Jason and I did episode 11 last year with uh, Evan Miller as our guest. And we talked about all of the like teen horror slasher movies that came in the wake of Scream. Tonight's topics are going to be focused a lot more on, on older, better horror genre type stuff. Um, we're going to look at our top three from each of us, uh, sprinkling them into uh, the community poll and the top five that we had on that list, and then throw out some honorable mentions after that. Um, tonight, continuing with my drinking NAs stuff, uh, I have a non-alcoholic Sam Adams beer. It's called Just the Haze. It's a hazy IPA, not hazy, juicy, non-alcoholic IPA. So never tried it. I still will drink it out of a Sam Adams glass. Why are you shaking your head? IPAs. Yeah, I'm not a fan of IPAs. I agree. Um, But when you drink NAs, you got very few options. And it doesn't taste like an IPA. There's no dry. There's no bitter. It literally tastes like a, a light beer. It's fine. It's blah. All right. So that's what I'm You're drinking really on tonight. I, yeah. Well, you know me. I push those NAs every time I can. <laughs> Uh, I know Mayor's drinking Chick-fil-A lemonade, but Brandon, what, what juicy beverage are you drinking on tonight? I'm it's drinking iced tea. Nice try. Oh, oh, sorry. My fault. Chick-fil-A iced tea. Get it right. My fault. They do both great. I mean, lemonade, iced tea, can't go wrong with Chick-fil-A drinks. That's yeah. I, I am drinking a pumpkin ale from Schlafly. Uh, Recently, nice. one of the better pumpkin ales. We, uh, my friends and I, used to do pumpkin brackets, and oh. it won like five years in a row. It was like a double blind bracket, and it won five years in a row. So. I was about to ask if you had to blind test it or drink it without knowing what it was. Yeah. Nice. There always there always happened to be one person there that was pregnant, so they were able to pour, <laughs> but uh, they wouldn't know what they were pouring, and we wouldn't know what we were drinking. So nice. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, we're we're not going to do what you watch. This, well, you know what? We we can do what did you watch this week? Because I think all three of us saw Dune, right? Yeah. Oh, you didn't watch Dune. Oh, okay. I, I guess I should have sent you a memo to say, Brandon, make sure you watch Dune this week. Uh, if I'd have known. Yeah. I think I'm going to go see it in IMAX next week. I, I I was this close to wanting to go watch it in IMAX, but I decided I was going to watch it on HBO Max first. If I liked it. I was going to go watch it on IMAX because I know the, uh, like a lot of it was shot for IMAX. Unfortunately, I didn't really like it. So I really have no interest in going and watching it again or watching it at home again because I'm, I'm going to stick to the David Lynch version. Like It's the one I grew up with. I've never seen the sci-fi. Like in 2000, they did Frank Herbert's Dune on the sci-fi miniseries. I've never seen that. So I have no comparison on that. But I, I'm going to stick with Kyle MacLachlan. I'm going to stick with, with David Lynch. Like I, I like that movie. I did not like this one. Jason, did you like it? 
Uh, I will preface by saying I knew nothing about Dune. I never watched the original David Lynch version. Um, I wanted, I think I wanted to like this movie. It's very beautiful. Uh, it's a very well shot film. Um, some really cool, like just scenery and stuff. Um, and it eats up the scenery like crazy, kind of like, um, almost like a Lord of the Rings kind. But as far as the actual story and the characters, I was not engrossed at all. Um, I wanted to like it more than I did. It got a two out of five for me. Typically anything that's a two and a half and above is good for, in my opinion. And I'm willing to watch it over, uh, watch it a second or third time, maybe, or repeated viewings, obviously. Um, but with this being a two, I'll probably go see the sequel just because I saw this one. Sure. But, but yeah, I'm not, I wasn't enticed by it. I know a lot of people who really enjoy it and said that it's a fantastic adaptation of the book. And uh, I, I will say, I, I will say this. I, I, I think the acting was really well. Everybody in the movie did a great job in their roles. Uh, and obviously Rebecca Ferguson is amazing to watch for any amount of time. Um, but like, it's just so drawn out from like, and I understand that like David Lynch's version takes a lot of liberties with the book. I've never read the book. So like the David Lynch version is the only version of Dune that I really know until now. Um, but the voiceovers that are in David Lynch's version work really well for me as somebody who hasn't read the book, because it kind of gives me like, you know, when you're reading a book, half of a more than half of a book is what's going on in a character's head. And I feel like that's how the voiceovers like, transitioned in david lynch's version the fact that those aren't in this movie at all i feel like it lost a lot of the heart of the characters in my opinion so it is what it is i will be looking forward to talking to you about it after you see it because how how big of a dune fan are you um not much i don't really know okay. a lot about it i've okay. always been interested but i see that there are like 19 books that are all like <laughs> 600 pages and i'm like yep. eh, pass. yeah <laughs> i don't want to start pulling at that thread <laughs> uh well, that's one of the I'm, weird things about this movie. It just covers the first half of the first book. So yeah. I'm like, it, it's got to be long and slow. Like, yes. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, my, <laughs> I had a very strong suspicion that I was going to be very strung along with the fact that it says Dune part one. Yep. Um. It never said that on a poster, on a trailer nope. or anything, but once you're sitting in that seat and it says part one, I was like, oh, this is going to be a long, drawn-out one. Mm-hmm. And then, it, and yeah, it, it's... You know how some movies, even if you do know that they have it, like give you a, a cliffhanger ending. Yeah. I will say that this movie does, and I hope I don't ruin it for anybody, it doesn't have a cliffhanger ending. Nope. It's just a pause. Mm-hmm. I've heard that there's like no ending at all. It just none. It's just done. Some, so, it, some, something happens, and then everybody just kind of like walks out of the room, and it goes to credits. Yep, that's pretty much like well, they it, just start walking back in the desert again, and then it's done. Yep. So, it is what it is. <laughs> to, yeah. To be fair, this could be a thing where the second movie then that's going to be, the, you know, most of the second act and the third act. So that second movie might actually make this movie better. Could. Yeah, absolutely. It's possible. And that's the reason why I'm willing to go see it. So, 
I will have to say, I think I was a little bit late logging on tonight, and it's mainly because, and you'll appreciate this, Shane, my wife was already watching Hallmark Christmas movies, (laughs) and the latest one with Winnie Cooper in it, and uh, like I was, I was paying attention to the screen for a little bit too long after feeding my dog. I can, I can get on that. I, 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 now you know, I follow the Hallmark Christmas stuff on Facebook and whatnot, so like I've been seeing all their posts. Somebody's getting a phone call. Uh, And I'm trying to use my laptop as a touch screen <laughs> apparently <laughs> uh so i have been seeing the ones that they've been posting about the new ones this year i think the last saturday the 23rd or whatever was when they was when hallmark first started showing their movies but i hold out until after halloween i will oh you are very popular tonight sir the same it's my nephew ah. just trying to see if i'll play video games with him i see um i will i I will wait until November 1st to start watching Christmas movies, but you know, next next episode, I will definitely be talking about some Christmas movies if you want to. Uh, so yeah, that's, I'm excited. You and my buddy, Steve, his wife, huge Christmas person also. So I really, I really enjoy when they start getting into the Christmas spirit. All right. Well, before we get going too long, let's start uh, with this week's episode. We're going to talk about horror movies. Uh, we're going to look at the community uh, poll that I put up asking people, what's your favorite scary movie? Uh, we'll go through the top five on that list before we start getting into some of ours. Except the one that got the most votes on the community poll is uh, my number two and Jason's number one for favorite horror movies of all time. And that is Halloween. And it's rightfully there. It, it, it's well, when we get to the second one on this list, I'll explain why Halloween is two for me. But Halloween was one of the first horror movies I ever saw. It, it was one that I enjoyed. I wouldn't. The weird thing is, I never would say that I was really like scared by it. I, I was probably, you know, 15, 16, somewhere there when I saw it for the first time. And it never really scared me. I just liked it. I just thought it was a great story and really well done. Do you guys remember your first impressions of it or why it why you care about it so much? Go ahead, Brandon. I don't remember. I don't remember first impressions necessarily, but um, I, I am a big Carpenter fan and it's just. I mean, for one of his earlier movies, it's kind of a masterclass already. The way he uses like shadow and stuff, with especially mm-hmm. with the stark white mask, like he'll be standing in a room and you don't even really notice until the light moves just right, and then you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit, he's right there." <laughs> well, uh, you know, so real quick, talking about Halloween, did you guys watch the uh, movies that made us Halloween episode? I have not yet. Oh, guys, it's so good. It's so. I started watching. Um, I started watching the Aliens episode. Nice. That's a good and one. I passed out because I was just so tired before I finished <laughs> watching it. So uh, that, that, that series on Netflix is fantastic, and I can't oh, yeah. wait to watch all of those. Yeah, the Halloween one, top notch. So, so cool to see. And, like, I mean, I consider myself kind of a Halloween aficionado. So, you know, I've listened to all the commentaries on all the DVDs I have and stuff like that. But I learned, I learned some stuff watching the movies they made as one. Some of the producers that they had interviews with, I didn't remember seeing in any of the other documentaries that I've watched or anything. So it was really, it was really kind of cool. Um, Mayor, talk about your experience with Halloween. Like what, what made it's your number one on the list that you gave me. What, what puts it up there for you? Ooh, I watched it probably, I can remember watching it about seven, eight, nine years old, somewhere in that range. I had watched Nightmare on Elm Street. I had watched Friday the 13th. Uh, I had watched a couple of other, you know, like um, I'm trying to think of what else I want, would have watched back then. Uh, whatever the case, like 
this one just like you said it um i don't remember being very like scared but it was impressionable like sure it just it's creepy yeah Yeah. it's freaky and creepy and it definitely hits the but the music and the just yeah it it deserves its spot at the number one for me just because of as Brandon said, it's pretty much a masterclass on how you make a good horror film. So For sure. And the thing that is so amazing about this film, the only time there's any blood is when he slices Lori on her, on her shoulder. The rest of the kills, like it's not like a, a torture porn, gore porn, anything like that, but there's barely any blood in this movie. That's why we made consternate with so little blood. Now I remember. <laughs> it's coming back to me now. Class, this is how you do it. Well, uh, we made consternate because of the second film on the community poll, which is my number one all-time favorite horror movie, and I will get to explaining why in a second. Scream got the second most votes on our community poll, and it, for me, beat out Halloween as my all-time favorite horror movie because I, at 16 years old, was the perfect age when this movie came out. This movie spoke to me. It spoke to my generation. It spoke to anybody that liked horror movies. The way Kevin Williamson wrote it, the way Kevin, or the way Wes Craven like made it all work. It just, I was the right age, and it just, it worked. It was so different. Uh, the the Billy Loomis thing at the end was like, oh, I thought it was him all along. It wasn't him, and then sure enough, five minutes later, oh my god, it was him. Like. The way that that plays out, like just it is so well done. And I just happen to be the perfect age for it. If I had been 16 in 1978, like Halloween probably could beat it out. Like I probably being age appropriate for like high schoolers and stuff like that in 78 when that movie came out. I probably like I love the movie, but I would have like, you know, bonded with it more being age appropriate. Scream just hit me at the right time. All like all of these movies. I know what you did last summer, Urban Legend, Disturbing Behavior, like all those movies around then, like while they're not all perfect or great or anything like that, like I, they hold a special place to me. I love them. They're Scream copycats and Scream clones, which is why they aren't like as high up on my list as Scream is. But Scream was so original for me. I just fell in love with it. Um, Jason, oh, it wasn't on your list either. Uh, do you guys like Scream? It easily could have been on my list, to be completely honest. I, as you said, major inspiration for Consternate when we made our movie. The awesomeness of the red herring and then taking it away and then putting it back. And it just, I will say, (laughs) I remember watching it for the first time. And spoiler alert, as Shane has already ruined some of it, when Billy Loomis comes out of the bedroom after being stabbed that was the like instantaneously i went there's no way he survived that he's the killer Mm -hmm. like so many other friends of mine i remember seeing this movie with them for the first time and they didn't make the connection as quickly as i did but uh, that first viewing as soon as he walked out i was like there's no way he would there's no way he gets stabbed that many times and is not dead so uh, i really enjoyed it they <laughs> it's one of those movies that had a bunch of 30 year olds playing teenagers in high school for some strange sure. reason, but whatever. Like Drew Barrymore was like 40 when she made this movie, wasn't she? <laughs> I don't think she was that old, but she was older. That was, that was the 90210 effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. 
Ian Z. They all had kids and they were playing high schoolers. But, uh, yeah. So like I've I've said Love it before it. I've said it before Scream uh, I I snuck into it at the Clearwater Movie Theater because I was only sixteen uh, I couldn't buy myself a ticket so I literally went up to the ticket taker had my pager in hand and said Hey do you mind if I go use this the the payphone real quick and the ticket taker was like Sure go ahead as soon as they turned away and didn't see me boom I went right into theater seven watched Scream on a let's see it would have been in December. Friday, Friday night in December. I want to say it was later December when the movie came out. Uh, but anyway, so snuck into that uh, at Clearwater where I ended up working later in life and just absolutely fell in love with it that night. I mean, maybe maybe it holds a really special place in my heart for the fact that I wasn't supposed to be in there when I watched it. Like, I did something bad that night when it happened. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, uh, we literally ripped off screen when Jason and I made our first film, which was a, a horror film uh, that, you know, culminated in a party in the third act. We went so far as, like, this is a, a, a official screen costume that we just took it and instead of using this mask, we went and bought a different mask to use. Uh, so it's still the same cloak. Uh, Consternate shares the cloak with the killer from Scream. Uh, we just, like I said, had a different. what's that? The knife is different. The knife is different. We, we, had, a, we had a bigger, stabbier knife than they used. Um, but yeah, so our first horror movie was, was me literally attempting to... It would be like me... If Kevin Smith had written Scream is what we were trying to do at that point in my life. Uh, Yadder, your, your feelings on Scream? Yeah, uh, I'm a big Scream fan as well. Uh, I love uh, Wes Craven movies. It's just the fact that he was able to kind of redefine himself as a director uh, throughout his career. And I mean, you know, a lot of directors do that, but it's usually within different genres. You know, like they'll jump to a different genre and be like, you know, even like Spielberg, like he does these big movies and then he goes and makes Lincoln and stuff to try to get like Oscars. And Was know, Music uh, of the but, Heart the movie he did? No, he did that after Scream. That, That's right. That, that was after Scream. That was after Scream. But that yeah. was his that was his Oscar bait. But yeah. Uh, uh, but I mean, he started off with these like super violent, visceral movies like um, Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did Nightmare on Elm Street, which is the slasher kind of, you know, his, his career was kind of dipping, so he makes this and pops back up. Now he's on the scene again. Um, you know, and then his career's dipping again. He makes, like, Vampire in Brooklyn, but, you know, it's not a great movie. Oh. Um, and then he makes uh, New Nightmare, which introduces the meta, and then Scream, which kind of perfects the whole meta thing. Yep. Um, and, again, redefines his career. He does, you know, four Scream movies. Um, so I, I was just always interested impressed that he was able to do that throughout his career sure um but uh yeah scream, scream is great it definitely reinvigorated the horror genre because it was kind of dead in the water in the mid 90s and and then you just rattled sure. off all those fun late 90s horror movies that we all love oh yeah so interesting to me ghost ship i mean come on dude i literally just watched both of those yesterday because they were on amc Really? That's yeah, awesome. I just I have an opening be- scene of Ghost Ship, man. So good. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ghost Ship is. Rid- I forgot. Uh, I had forgotten about the ridiculous like montage of stupidity that's like the last third of the Ghost Ship movie, where it's just like, yeah. like it, it's it's that '90s soundtrack of like Trent Reznor sounding music while they're just doing all kinds of stupid shit on the Ghost Ship, and I'm just like, 
wow, no wonder I hated this. But like, I, I honestly hadn't seen it since the theater. I never watched it again. Watching it last night, I'm like, wow. And now I remember why I hated this movie so much. Yeah, I don't it's, remember. It's not a good movie, but it's stupid fun. So Ghost Ship, like the opening scene is amazing. Like, you know, 300 people on the on the front of the ship having a, like a cocktail party. They all die at once uh, in a very satisfying way, <laughs> except for the little girl. And, right. then, uh, and then they have the opening credits and then it's just kind of garbage after that. But, yeah. Uh, and it, like, it has a quasi okay cast. Like I'm watching it and like, I'm like, oh, that yeah. dude looks familiar. And I'll look him up and I'll be like, oh, you did like two things in 1997 that I know other than this. <laughs> what are you laughing at? So Carl Urban is in Ghost Ship. Yep. But oh, really? like the picture that he has on his IMDb page I have no idea what this is from, but like, <laughs> I don't know what that's from either. When you click on it, it doesn't tell you what movie it's tagged in. Well, no, I didn't recognize it. Apparently, he was in Hercules with uh, oh. with um, Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo, yeah, and Xena. So, uh, but yeah, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> it looks Shane like models his good. look after that in high school. I was gonna say it looks like Shane. Like, I, I really, like I really hope. Like that, but. I really hope while editing, I can find a picture of me that looks like that that I can put up right next to that when you held it up against the screen. Because I mean, you're, uh, yeah. neither of you are wrong. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Brandon, you you were talking a lot about Wes Craven. You mentioned A Nightmare on Elm Street. That was one of your. Um, uh, honorable mentions that you wanted to talk about this week. It also fell into third place on the community pool. So let's talk about a nightmare on Elm street. Yeah. I mean, I, I live a nightmare on Elm street. Uh, like I said, it's when risk West Craven first reinvented his career. Um, but it's a good seven years, six years after the slasher subgenre has begun. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially Friday the 13th has already introduced all this supernatural stuff. Sure. So I feel like Craven was able to look at what had been done. And then, I mean, this is like peak slasher and just kind of use the best of everything and, and kind of bring this all together. The thing I like about the series as a whole, you know, Freddie is the only of those slasher characters that has any mm-hmm. sort of um, charisma. You know, everybody else is just silent behind a mask. And I mean, whether you like Freddy's, you know, puns and jokes and stuff or not, I think that it adds something. It adds a lot in in my mind. But if you don't like it, I can see how it doesn't add as much. But, you know, he's not just some dude breathing behind a mask. He he has like lines and and sure. I'll I'll give you that. Um, I will, however, say that. the first Nightmare on Elm Street and A New Nightmare are my two favorites. The two where I actually feel like Freddy is scary are my favorites. Um, I I don't I don't love punny comedian Freddy, but I also don't hate him. Like uh, I I I I watch them all. Uh, Dream. Uh, uh, what's the third one? Dream Warriors. Yep. Warriors. Okay, Dream Warriors and then Dream Child, which I think is five or six. 
five. Five. Okay. Those two, I, I really enjoy the actual stories to them, even though like Freddie does some. Yeah, dude, both of those are okay. I like I like the third one when Langen, uh, Heather Langenkamp is like training kids to fight against him. I think that's fun. Well, that one has uh, uh, in it. Yeah. Hey, yo. What were you going to say, Jason? I was going to say one, uh, the first one, New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Three and four, by far my favorites. Everything else, I Which think. Which one's, they, what's four? Freddy's uh, Revenge? No, no that's no, two. No, like, no, it's two. Um, four is Dream Master. Yes. Okay. And it's like the girl who, the, like, the blonde girl, the girl who, like, can take all the powers from all of her friends and, like, channels them into herself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was by, like, and and it, and it goes in that order: one, seven, three, and four, as far as my favorites, and then the rest are pretty much just throwaways. So, four I has a really cool shot. sequence where she's sorry. No, you're... four has a really cool sequence where she's caught in like a loop too, mm-hmm. like a time loop. Like uh, within the dream, Freddy's controlling it so that she like keeps running around this corner and doing the same thing over and over and it takes uh, her like four that. or five times to realize it it was a pretty cool sequence uh so yeah that was uh the third one mary you got anything else you want to add about Nightmare on Elm street franchise or uh, no like i do, do, does the does cool. the comedy punny stuff bother you at all it, i i can see why it would bother some I don't know if it's just because I grew up with it that I don't okay. mind it at all. Um, but I think you're right. You definitely feel like you, it definitely feels more scary in one and seven than it sure. ever was in any of the others. Three and four, I think, still has that. It, 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 it's almost like a halfway point where it's like it's punny, Freddy, but it's also got some scariness to it. Because, mm-hmm. like, the third part, like, when, when, um, Heather and her dad are in that um, in the the oh geez the junkyard. Okay. And they're trying oh, yeah. to find yep. Freddy's bones, like mm-hmm. uh, like like that kind. Of, well, I I guess he's not there. She's not there. He's there. My fault. He's there. The yeah. there. He was there uh, with the doctor. Guy. Yep. Yeah. And dude, like, and and it's got some freaky moments into it. And I think also when I watch those. I was come that was like what I saw them when they came out, not necessarily in the theater. I don't, I don't think I saw any Freddie in the theater until like part four, I believe. But mm-hmm. like, but the other ones that I had seen, I saw them pretty much when they went straight to video. It was a huge thing for the neighborhood I grew up in. Like, we like lots of my, lots of people who were my friends had older siblings just like I did. And so we were watching inappropriate movies <laughs> way before we should have been so it was but yeah i really enjoy the nightmare series for the most part like freddy is a cool character i didn't even mind when they tried to reboot it uh, i don't think it it didn't hit the right spots for me but it was a it was a good attempt essentially sure. i don't hate i didn't hate it but it was just like eh, okay it's here for a reboot, for a reboot, I thought it was okay. I'm a big fan of Jackie Earl Haley as an actor. I really like yeah. a lot of stuff that he does. Uh, nope. The fact that they kind of took the plots from one and two and pushed them together, I thought kind of made it. I won't say a, like a better movie, but I felt like for a reboot, that was probably the smartest thing to do instead of just redoing the first movie and making because the first movie is kind of slow. It's kind of drawn out. Like it, it, 
it's slowness works for the fact, and this was something that obviously subconsciously and psychologically I, I knew, but until I watched the, cause there's also the movies that made us did a nightmare on Elm street. Also um, they never wanted you to know when you were in a dream sequence. So there was never anything that gave away that it, like they would just do regular cuts instead of any kind of like wavy pink lines or anything like uh, you would just, you would see weird shit and then later put together, Oh, I'm in a dream. Um, I've lost where I was going with that. <laughs> All right. Huh. All right. Well, we're talking about that, Jackie Billy and the reboot. Oh, 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 yeah. So I'm sorry. So I, I, I enjoyed the fact that, you know, that's why the first film is so drawn out because like, it, there's always this suspension of like, am I in a dream or am I watching a dream or am I not? So it just kind of plays out pretty slow through that. So with the reboot, I felt like it was a good concept to put the parents backstory in there to kind of fill it in and make it a little like it would be boring, you know, in the two thousands to watch that same movie, like not caring about it the way that I do now. Like, so yeah. I, I, I thought the reboot was okay. Like it's not great. The, we'll, we can touch on this real quick. Um, the Friday the 13th reboot that they did in the late 2000s, I thought was okay for what it was. Um, oh, it was fine. The, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot that they did was fine. Like, it was okay. I, it. I really liked that one. Really? That one was good. The uh, yeah. Last House on the Left reboot that they did was fine. Um, yeah, the Hills Have Eyes reboot was good. Yes. Yeah, so like, the first one. The first one. Yeah. That second one was <laughs> messed up. So like yeah. those those 2000 to 2010 ish like horror reboots that they were doing weren't as miserable as the reboots that we're dealing with now, but like they were just okay for remaking like what we consider good old horror movies. Yeah. Um, the fourth one uh, on this list. Uh, well, first of all, it was suggested by my wife on on the community poll, so I'm happy that uh, we get to talk about her favorite horror movie, which is The Exorcist. Um, Brandon, the list that you gave, you voted on the poll for The Exorcist, but then when you sent me your top three, The Exorcist was in second place. So I need to know what's going on. It's uh, not in any particular order, the list that I sent you. Oh, okay, Um, okay. So the the, the three movies that I included on my list all had like a lasting impact on me. Like even the fifth or sixth time I watched it, like it would still like sit with me for a couple of days. Um, So for The Exorcist... I mean, if I if I had to list them, I'd probably say that one was first cool. because it was the first like crazy experience that I had with a horror movie. Oh, okay. Um, right after the version that you've never seen, I think is what they called it. The 25th anniversary uh, right one. After, yeah, in late 90s, I think. Um, right after that came out on A&E, they did it uncut with no commercial breaks. Um and it was the version you've never seen. Jacob nailed it. The scariest <laughs> movie of all time. There you go. They agree. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, just in my basement on like a Thursday night or whenever the hell it was, watching this uncut on AE. Um, and like, I just, I found it terrifying. Usually a lot of these possession and ghost movies I don't really find scary, but um, they just did such a such a good job with it. I've, I've read the book, even just reading the book is terrifying. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that was probably the first horror movie that really sat with me for a long time. 
Because I was okay. in like middle school at the time. It, so. it looks like this came out in 2000. And I hate to say that when this came out in 2000, that was literally the first time I'd ever seen that movie. I Thank believe you. I watched it at I Castleton Arts. Uh, I'm pretty sure I, because yeah, Castleton Arts was going to open in 2000. So I saw it. No? Well, you might have seen it there. I yeah, okay. saw it. I watched it down in Greenwood. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I watched it at Castleton Arts. Uh, and it was the first time that I had ever seen it when when that version came out. Like, it was just, yeah. I, we'll talk later that, like, possession and, like, uh, um, paranormal stuff has never, like, really been my big thing. Um, but I'm pretty sure Dave Lichty is the one that talked me into making sure that I watched The Exorcist when I told him I hadn't seen it. And I'm glad that I did because it is it is disturbing. It's crazy. Yeah, um, I'm a big Max von Sydow fan, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Really good at it. The fact that he's still alive and kicking these days is crazy. Or is he? Wait, did he pass? Yo, he passed away this year, didn't he? Woo. That's yeah. that's poor. Let's try to cut that out. I'm an idiot. I was just thinking because he was in like the Star Wars movie recently. So I was like, yeah, the fact that he's still making movies, but he's not. He's dead. Uh, rest in peace. Max von Sydow. Sorry about that. That's my bad. Died a year ago. Yeah. March 8th of 2020. Yeah, there we go. That's my fault. Uh, hmm. All right, uh, at 47 minutes. Make sure I cut that out. I forgot that he was the emperor in Flash Gordon. <laughs> Hell yeah, he was. Yeah. He was in uh, uh, Dread. Was he the bad guy in that? Yes. Yep. Uh, so, Jason, your thoughts and feelings on The Exorcist. How do you feel about it? Uh Really horror, like horror, awesome movie. Like I, I, I was. Trying Is that to one of the of ones you watched horror. when you were a kid? Huh? Was that one of the ones you watched when you were a kid? No, the first time I saw it was at Greenwood. Oh, okay, in, in two thousand when I watched gotcha. that version. I, I think I had seen like bits and pieces of it elsewhere, and I know that it got parried, parodied a lot oh, sure. in films. There was a movie called Repossessed. I don't know if either one of you have ever seen that. Leslie Nielsen working with the guys who did Hot Shots um, and like Airplane and stuff. And it was literally like a a joking movie about possession. And and Leslie Nielsen plays the the Max character, essentially. Um, And it's, it's not a very good one of those, but it's funny for what it is. And so, and you know, the, the amount of times that you see it kind of like the matrix, right? Like if you had never seen it, but then you watched anything in the two thousands, it was the yep. stop motion, turnaround Shrek moment or whatever. Um, so yeah, like it just had been parodied so much by the time that I watched it, it, it's, it's an unsettling movie. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. I, um, the other one that I thought was kind of unsettling is, um, is I I'd never seen any of the Conjuring movies, but I ended up watching the latest one that came out. Okay, I think it was the third one that came that out. Made for me some... do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So I ended up watching that one, and I was like, it, it, "That's it's unsettling as well." So everybody was like, "Oh, you need to go back and watch the first two, man. They're awesome." And I just never made the time. So I'm just confused. The, the first like one does some really cool stuff. Just confused why you would start with the third one to just be like, I'm just gonna watch the third one. Like, why not? I don't know anything that's going on in the first. I'm just gonna pop in Return of the Jedi, even though I've never seen Star Wars or Empire, and let's just hope I can figure out what's going on. Well, first of all, you can 
figure out what's going on. It's not that difficult. And second of all, I needed the hours while I was working at the theater. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> it was one of those weeks where I was like, ah, I, I haven't worked a whole lot this week because we were on reduced hours at that point in time. So I was like, you know what? I'll just throw it. I'll, I'll QC this. I'll throw okay. that up. So Got you. That's that was one the honest truth. So. That was like before I knew anything about Harry Potter. I watched Harry Potter six because I built it and I had to preview it. <laughs> they don't really, they don't really introduce characters. So I'm watching this movie and I'm like, I don't know any of these people. I don't understand the plot. I could have put these reels on in the wrong order. Nobody would have known. Uh, nice. It was rough. That's hilarious. Um, the movie that got the fifth amount of votes, I refuse to talk about because everybody's got jokes. And Nick Joy thought it'd be funny to say Sex in the City 2 was his favorite scary movie. Uh, so well, well done, Nick Joy. Ha ha ha. We're not talking about it. Let's move on to some honorable mentions. Uh, Friday the 13th, we, we've, we've kind of touched on what I consider the big three. Uh, big three is a thing in NBA now. The big three for me in horror Freddie, Jason, and Michael. Uh, so we've talked about the other two. I, I'm a big fan of the Friday the 13th movies. In, in the same way, I'm a fan of, of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, but I feel like... I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I feel like Jason Voorhees himself in, in 2 and on isn't as funny as, as uh, Freddy Krueger, but the comedy of the, the people that he's killing is definitely ramped up more than in any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Like, I feel like the, the characters in a Nightmare on Elm Street are trying to be serious, and Freddy is the comic part, but you flip that for the Friday the 13th movies where Jason Voorhees is always serious and, and, and murdering people, but the people he kills are just dumb, idiot morons that do very comedic stuff like or or, or the way he kills them sure like in in uh jason takes manhattan when he literally punches a dude's head off like so, some of that ridiculous stuff is that like, like five or six where he comes back to life because he gets the his grave gets struck by lightning after the guy sticks the metal rod in him and whatnot like that, that's six he's not in five. Oh, oh, five is the fake the fake one yeah. And you know what? For for what it was, that, well done for them to think of doing something like that. Like, what would that would that would have been late eighties, like eighty eight, eighty nine, maybe? Uh, you you have a fake Jason Voorhees in a movie, like you completely ban. I I can only imagine if I were growing up in the eighties and went and saw that, expecting to see the next great Jason Voorhees movie, to find out I was bamboozled like that, like. Good on them. Like that's something that I think would be kind of cool. I uh the Jason series has always been fun. Uh I remember I I'm pretty sure this might have been the first horror movie I ever watched, but I used to like watch horror movies and then whenever the scary music would happen, I'd pull a pillow up over my eyes. Nice. And like and I'd hear everything, I just couldn't see what was happening and then I'd put it down after the scary music was done. And I still got jump scared all all the time, right? Because they uh, they have those like lulls in the music, and you're like, "Oh, I can take this!" Oh, like, um, but yeah, for um, I actually the first one was, you know, I mean, it's an iconic movie. It was cool to see them do something so original with the fact that it was a female killer, a mom sure. grieving, and you yep. never would have suspected that. Nope. 
So that was kind of cool. The second one, I like the second one. I think it's the second one. Um, the second really one, I don't remember it he's being out like, in the shed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to say that like he's not he's it's not very slapstick. I don't remember the second yeah. one was pretty pretty much, but the third one by far goes to silliness because of the three D that they 3D, were yep. Yeah, and it and it's silly three D, but it was fantastic when we saw it in oh, stereoscope three yeah. uh, D. So Dude, one, two, and three cool. are a lot of fun. Like uh, like our legit movies, I would watch any of one, two, and three anytime that they were on. I, I love six. Force good too. I like six a lot, and I think a lot of the reason why I like six six is the one where like oh, oh wait wait no I don't think it's six I think it's seven is the new beginning because seven's the one where, where he fights no which one's uh, new blood is where he fights the carry ripoff girl that's sorry yeah you're right you're right yeah. seven that's seven and I enjoyed that like him fighting yeah. the telekinetic girl was kind of cool so like. Uh, the fact that she raises him out out of the water, and, you know? yeah. and because he was tied down by Kevin Bacon in the sixth one, and no, uh, Kevin Bacon died in the first one. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Bacon dies in the first one. Who is it? Somebody, somebody big ties him to the uses a chain around his it's, neck. It's uh, Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, Corey Feldman. Feldman was in four. He came back at the beginning of six because he's the one that like resurrects him or whatever. Oh, but, okay, uh, okay. I don't think he's in it very long because he was busy doing something else. Uh, right. Uh, I will say that. So last year when I bought, uh, last year when I bought, um, uh, one of one of the streaming services did like a, an eight pack or whatever of, of a bunch of the Jason movies. I bought that so that I could watch all of them last year. But one that the the one that wasn't included was uh, Jason Goes to Hell. So last year when I watched them all, I never watched Jason Goes to Hell. So sometime within the last month, I can't remember exactly when, you know, I, I think I rented it on Hoopla or something like that so I could finally watch it. I'm like, oh, I never watched Jason Goes to Hell last year. I need to watch it this Halloween. Wow, man. Like, I've never seen it before. And that's bad. That movie is yeah. terrible. Yeah. Jason Voorhees' soul jumping from person to person. Like, it was like that worm thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. wow, that was bad. I, I, when I did my Jason Voorhees or Friday the 13th marathon, Jason Voorhees plus his mom, I'm glad that that wasn't a part of it because that would have been a real sour note to end that like week on the, when I watched them all. Like Jason goes to hell is terrible. Well, and Jason, Jason, take, Jason takes Manhattan, Jason goes to hell and Jason X are all real. Like they went yeah. to the slapstick USA up all night version of horror movie with those well and the funny thing is, is i actually did end up watching jason x last year when i did my marathon and for whatever reason well i know the reason the reason i don't hate jason x is the fact that it was john carpenter's idea because in the 80s they asked john carpenter if he would come back and direct another halloween film and his yep, response was the only way i will ever do another halloween film is if they cryogenically freeze Michael Myers, shoot him into outer space, and in the future, a bunch of astronauts find him. And so the fact (laughs) that that became the plot for Jason X, I think just because I know John Carpenter created it, I can't hate it. But it's pretty bad. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, It's like a made-for-TV movie that was shot in Canada. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Freddy vs. Jason, I just recently watched within the last two weeks or so uh, as part of my Halloween movies I've watched this month. 
Um, I hadn't seen it since the theater. Um, it's still pretty dumb. I, I it's blah. It, it was really my first exposure to either of them. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Because yeah, I had never like, like I was familiar with them, but I hadn't like watched through the series or anything. So that was mm-hmm. the first movie that I really got a, a taste of them both. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I just remember when I was watching it, I was just thinking like, this isn't the plot that I would have done to bring the two of these together. Like, like the way they made them like Freddie decides to send Jason to Elm street to kill. Like, I just, I just feel like they could have found something better to do. Like, I don't know. It is what it is. My other honorable mention. Uh, it's one of my favorite scary movies. Uh, this Halloween, I got to show it on my uh, anniversary weekend. Uh, my wife had never seen Candyman before. Uh, so I got to show her that and I, it, it's weird. Maybe I've just seen it so many times now that I don't really think it's a scary movie, but I just think it's such a good horror film. Like the way that Candyman fucks with Virginia Madsen throughout the film, he's like, you're going to do what I want you to do, or I'm just going to keep killing people around you and make it look like you're doing it. Like the way he psychologically tortures her throughout the movie, like I, is almost more scary to me than any of the jump scares that are in it. Um, uh, Clive Barker, right? Didn't he deliver direct that one? No, it's ba- it, it's, yeah, it's based it. on a story that he wrote. But I'm trying. No, oh, ah, oh, crap. The person who the person who directed it has a very funny name, and I told myself I would never forget what their name was, and I have forgotten it. Bernard Rose. Oh, it's Bernard Rose because it's from Lost. The characters of Bernard and Rose are in Lost. And so Bernard Rose, I should never forget who directed Candyman. Uh, Yad, are you a Candyman fan? Uh, yeah, I watched it for the first time, I think, during the pandemic, maybe the year before. Oh, okay. uh, but I was really impressed with it. Um, it was not what I was expecting to be. I thought it was really, really well made. Mayor? Yeah, solid movie. Uh, if we did a top five, it's probably in the top five for nice. me. Right on. Uh, with the with the top five, it'd probably be the three I gave you, and then you can throw in Screaming Candyman. I, it, awesome. it was in my top. It was in my top eight that I was trying to whittle down. <laughs> cool. So well, let's, let's let's jump to your number two. Uh, we addressed the fact that your number one was Halloween, uh, and then on the list you gave me your number two was Psycho, which I think is pretty awesome. Like, tell me what about Psycho gets it that high on your list? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't even watch that movie until I was nineteen. I think. Okay. 18 or 19. The remake came out in 98. So I watched it like right before the remake because our friend Michael Shelton, while he was my boss, I had said something about wanting to see the the Gus Van Sant version. And because the trailer had come out and I was like, man, that looks really good. He goes, you should watch the original before you ever see that. And I was like, and like, eh." and then he was like, no, watch it. So I ended up watching it and it, it's, it's a slow burn as far as oh, yeah. horror movies go. Um, but like you could tell like the way that it was made. Um, I, I, to be completely honest before then I knew who Halford Hitchcock was, but I don't think I had ever watched a single movie of his before I saw psycho. And uh, didn't we, wa- we watched, uh, we watched an Alfred Hitchcock. When uh, when Jason we when we when we took Kevin Sandler's film class, we Which was watched, after this. Oh, no, oh, good call. My fault. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. That was after. Oh, so, um, yeah, okay. like uh, 
I just to see the mastery of filmmaking that is Alfred Hitchcock, like he was, it was amazing. The the whole and it, talk about something that was unsettling. Like the entire time, you kind of just feel creepy. Sure. Um, and then and then I don't know what it was about the way he shot it and the way that the 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 light moved. But at the very very end, when it's revealed what's going on. Um, when, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Norman Bates. Yeah. When Norman walks into the room and then that he like hits the light by accident and the lights, the way that the light swung it, like, like I, I man, my arm, like I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> thinking about it. Cause it's just creepy. Like it just, it weirded me out to a level that I wasn't expecting sure. a classic movie from the sixties to do to me, like I, and, and that's another reason why number three is where it is for me. Well, like, and number three is it for you. The 2017 version of it. What, what about that version is up there for you? You watched it with me. And yep. if, if Burton's listening, he watched it with me too. And he had, he got to laugh about some of my reactions, man, because that movie creeps me out. Um, and we just just to at, clarify, you're only talking about part one. You're not lumping them together. No, no. Okay, just part. You don't like part, part two, two, or? Yeah, part two didn't work as well for me. Like it was, it it, it I, I don't know how to explain it. Like I almost feel like part one is like all of the buildup, and part two is the denouement. Like like it's just the falling action for me. Okay. Like, uh, and and the second one's good. But like the first one, like was unnerving. Like the sequence with the projector in the in the um oh yeah in the garage. garage. Yep, it was freaky as hell. When um you knew you knew it was coming when Georgie's in the basement and like and the water's in there yep. and it's like because of the trailer I knew it was coming and it still freaked me out. Like, <laughs> how, how can I be prepped? For a scary moment and it still gets me so uh and then the other part was near the they were in the house and um and i think it i forget what it was it was when the boys got separated like somebody was on the second floor and they were on the first floor or something mm-hmm. and and it's something i can't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head right now was it him coming out of the refrigerator when he was all the refrigerator thing was freaky but it wasn't like it didn't okay. It didn't get me. Um, trying to think of what uh, else happened. There was something that happened. The room that. of clowns. Yeah, but it was after there. that. It's when the boys get separated, and I can't remember what it was that it was that like I was just like, oh man, it freaked me out. Uh, but yeah, it's so so damn effective as a movie, right. and 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 you know, I'm kind of glad that they didn't put everything in the book that sure. was in the book. Um, Understandable. And, um, I'm glad that they stayed away from the turtle. I mean, it's nice that they have his little <laughs> that he uh, he uh, shows up from time to time in the movie in the background yeah. or yeah. hidden Easter eggs. But yeah, like that whole yeah that movie <laughs> just freaks me out, man. And and yeah, and and kudos to them because to do that to me while I'm in my late 30s is an accomplishment for as many movies as I watch. So uh do we know what Andy Muschietti is doing next? Is he staying in the horror genre or did he move on? I don't know. I'll look it he's up. Doing the Flash. Oh he's doing the Flash. There he was the 19th director on the Flash movie. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so Yadder, between parts one and two, what are your feelings on one and two? Which one do you like more? Uh, do you agree with Jason? Uh, yeah, I, I think I prefer one. Um, there was talk of them slicing both together, and I think that would be effective. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you read the book, I mean, the whole thing is how when they're adults, they're remembering what happened when they were children. So mm-hmm. That's why the first movie is better, because that's the story. And then the sure. second movie is them remembering it. So they had to add a bunch of crap to make it scary. I don't know. The, the book is so good with with how everything mirrors itself 28 years later. And they weren't able to effectively do that with was, by splitting the movies up. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, the thing that I found very ineffective was... Um, in in the the book and the story, it's the fact that all of the kids that moved away forgot what they did. Like they forgot that they fought the creature. Like that's part of you know getting getting distance from it was you don't remember it anymore. And I don't feel like they did a really good job. Like when they when they all met back up at the bar and whatnot, it just kind of felt like they all were like, yeah, we know what we did. Like it was just like we're getting back together because we know what we did. It didn't feel while I watched it like they were slowly getting the memories back as they were in dairy. Like, so I just, like you said, I didn't feel like it was very effective for the story. Well, when I read the book too, um, they made it seem like Pennywise was the driving force of them all leaving and being successful. Okay. Yeah. So that they wouldn't come back 28 years later. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I never even thought about it that way. Like they all are like super successful stars and, writers and all this stuff and um that's another thing that because they immediately remember it i don't think really works in this sure movie. i agree uh, oh yeah amazing cast yeah. oh yeah uh brandon your other honorable mention well actually uh so alien uh was was one of your top three um aliens a solid solid movie um, it is definitely more yeah. horror than the second one, which turns into an action film, which is a great movie on its own. But Alien's got some creepy stuff in that movie. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a lot like Halloween. Um, they always call it like The Shining in space. I mean, it's obviously like a big horror house or yep. horror house. That's not a thing. <laughs> haunted, a house. haunted house story. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same way where you don't really get a sense of the alien right away. He's always like hiding in, you know, the rafters and stuff like that. But um, I, it's very effective. I love space horror. And I don't mm-hmm. think you get any of those without alien. Like, you know, you don't get, uh, uh, Oh, why am I blanking? Event horizon without alien. Oh you dude. Event get, horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Even like That's- something like, uh, like uh, Deep Rising. I don't think you get that without Alien. Like, <laughs> you roll your eyes at Event Horizon, like, Mayor. Like, you're not an Event Horizon fan? Because I'll be honest, the first time I saw it in the theater, when I was expecting Alan Grant in space, and I didn't get Alan Grant in space, I didn't like the movie. It took Zach Proctor to get me to watch it again before I appreciated it for what it was. Maybe I need to see it again. All I can remember is the first, the one and only time I've seen it was in the theater and it was right after Jurassic Park. So you're probably right. Like I was like, oh, it's the guy who was in Jurassic Park. I should go see this. And then it was nothing. Like, I don't know what I was expecting, but it definitely was not that. And 
I've never gone back to it since. So I I, I so, liked so it. I was like, more. go ahead. I was like eleven when it came out, and so the same thing. I was like, oh, the guy from Jurassic Park in a space movie? Hell yeah, sign me up! And my friend and I just walked up to the box office, bought a ticket to this very hard R movie. Oh yeah. And just went in and sat down, and we were like, "Whoa, we should not be watching this, but it's great." <laughs> well, and <laughs> this is this is minds, like this is one of those movies that I've, I've read a lot of articles about the fact that there is like an NC seventeen version of this film. The original cut that they yeah. turned in was far worse and far more graphic than what even ended up making it into the movie. And I'm like, I want I want to see that version of of the film. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did not like Event Horizon at all the first time I watched it. Later viewings, I have, I have appreciated it more for what it was. Uh, and then also, I eventually went back and watched Sam Neill as Damien in the third Omen film, where like I, I can appreciate the fact surprisingly that surprisingly good. Yeah, where Sam Neill, not or not from not Alan Grant, but still really good in other movies that he's been in. Uh, your your third one in your top three list was the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you said you were happy with the reboot, also, right? I was, yeah. Um, the 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 thing that bums me about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that they could never get like a franchise going. Sure. Every every other movie besides the original is either a sequel or a prequel to the original, and just ignores everything else. <laughs> um, so there's like five sequels to the original and two prequels to the original. It's like, come on guys, let's, let's get something <laughs> going. Uh, but I thought the remakes were good. Um, my whole thing with the original, it's another one that really kind of hit me and stuck with me for a while. The first few times I watched it. Well, that's not true. Not the first few times I watched it, but when I rediscovered it in college, um, it was one that like in high school we'd have on in the background and not really pay attention to, but uh, when I rediscovered it in college, like I remember like, it was one that I'd have to like get up and make sure the doors were locked after I watch it and stuff. Like for whatever <laughs> reason, it just really sat with me. Um, that final then, scene at the dinner table is disturbing. Like yeah. after every, after everything you've gone through in the movie and then like that dinner scene where she is essentially held hostage and prisoner, like that's, that's some creepy shit at, at the end of that movie. Well, and it's one of those movies where I've, I've watched so many, like, things about how it was made and, like, you know, it was just guerrilla filmmaking. And that mm-hmm. it turned out that well is just amazing. Um, and then... Uh, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's in the reboot, oh. but I don't remember if it's in the original. Is it she escapes and gets to the police officer, the sheriff or whoever, and then the sheriff takes her back to the house? Like you find out that the sheriff yeah, is in, in on it. In the original, she gets back to the gas station with the creepy attendant uh, where they okay. bought the barbecue at the beginning. And she thinks she's safe. And then she realized that she realizes that the barbecue is human meat and he's with them and he takes her back to the house. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but they, remake, they uh, remake is when she, it's the they sheriff. run into the sheriff who is. Um, yeah. Lee. Arlie Ermey. Arlie yeah. Ermey, yeah. Arlie Ermey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and so and also, he, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but also, I don't know that you have this whole slasher genre if it's not for that movie. Because, I mean, it's oh, yeah. four years before Halloween. Yep. Um, it's a year before The Last House on the Left, even. 
which mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of think of as the first slasher movie. So, um, I mean, really, maybe Psycho, if you want to consider that a slasher movie. But if not, Man, I mean, as far as like oh. a kill count and a violent sure. serial killer guy, like nope. Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of made that mold that all these other ones followed in. So. Yeah, that's a good question, man. I'm not, I'm not convinced that I could argue Psycho is a slasher movie. Yeah, I don't think I could either. Outside of that one sequence where yeah. he is slashing her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of a character study of, about Norman Bates and and what's mentally wrong with him because of his mother. And, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I give you Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, uh, he tries to kill a couple, but fails at that. Sure. And it looks like he's killed a lot of people in the past. But. Yeah. Uh, I never watched it. I know my wife watched the the A&E show or whatever that they did. The, uh, what was it called? Norman or, or Bates, no, Bates, oh, Bates Motel. Motel. Yeah. I, did you really watch that? Good. Nice. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was really good. All right. So we've hit the hour mark, but we have three more movies to talk, so we're not going to go too much over an hour. Uh, we have three suggestions that were put on the community poll that I wanted to talk about, all three of them. Uh, first, my buddy Nick Hall put up a movie called The Strangers. Uh, I think it's like 2007-ish. Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. Um, I want to talk about this movie for one specific reason, and that is as an adult, as, as somebody, I would have been 27 when it came out and watched it in the theater, uh, it is the most terrified I have ever been in a movie. I enjoy slasher films. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy watching Michael Myers walk around and kill people. I enjoy watching Freddy slice people up. Uh, I love the Scream movies for, you know, chasing down teenagers and killing them. Uh, I don't care about paranormal horror because I just, I don't get into spirits and ghosts and stuff like that. But a movie about three people taking you in your own home, prisoner and hostage... Like that movie literally terrified me uh, to a point that I, I've never been that scared watching a movie that I remember, like actually sitting and watching a movie in a theater. I was beyond terrified. Have either of you seen it? And do you like it? Not. Yeah. I'm a big oh. fan. Oh, you haven't seen it, Jason? Nope. I highly uh, recommend it. It came out like in a period where, Horror movies were basically Saw and Hostile. Yep. And after like over the top craziness of like Scream and um, you know, the ghost ships of the world. Sure. And, uh, you know, there wasn't anything supernatural about it. There wasn't anything silly about it. It was just these three people are going to come into your house and you can't really stop them. And they're just, you know, they're going to be, they're just going to brutalize you. And, yep. Uh, yeah, it, it was really good. Very effective. Yeah. Uh, One I considered putting on my list. Nice. Yeah, I I, I love that movie for what it did to me. Um, I, I, literally to the point where I have not been able to watch it again. Like, I should. I should go back and give it another watch. Um, that and a movie that I haven't seen called You're Next that I know Jason's a fan of. Like, those two home invasion movies uh, are, like, going to be a double feature that, I'm gonna, that my wife and I are going to sit down and watch because... Um, watching the trailer for your next, it, it seems very much in the same vein of people with masks trying to get into your house uh, and you attempting to fight back. Your next looks a little more over the top 
than the than the stranger or uh, yeah the strangers. Um, but I still want to see it because Jason recommends it, and the trailer does look good. But there, you've at least got a dinner party of people fighting back. And in the strangers, it's literally like you and your wife are 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 outnumbered by people who have weapons, and you don't. And so, yeah. So that's going to be a double feature that my wife, excuse me, and I are going to do some night. But Jason, if you have a night where you can turn the lights off and you can sit down and you can watch the strangers in the pitch black, I think it should be pretty scary. I um, might find the time to do that. Uh, you brought up, you brought up. Um, your next. Your next. Uh, your next is definitely was in my top eight. Um, that and the crazies. So oh, that's a good one. Yep. And, oh, yeah. And, and the original the or the remake? I, I've never seen the original, but the remake with Timothy Oliphant was yeah. Yeah. Um, so so much better than I ever thought. Like I thought it was just gonna be a normal kind of like almost I mean it's kind of zombie-esque. Um yeah. they're kind of zombies, but I, I seriously thought it was just gonna be something mindless and and the 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 main story as to why everything happens is kind of interesting to me yeah. being who I am and the fact that I don't like everything that some people try to do to make our lives better. <laughs> quote unquote. Um, so I, I, and, 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 you know, I'm a big fan of serenity and it's kind of the same storyline almost yeah, sure. uh, so yep. it, uh, as the Miranda storyline. So it's just one of those things to me that I'm just like, that terrifies me out of all the things. When I think of everything possibly happening in this world, something like the crazies is something that completely terrifies me. Gotcha. So, yeah. That's the, um, uh, since you mentioned home invasion movies, have you yeah. ever watched the funny games? Yes. Yep. I've seen both versions. I've seen the original Swedish one and the, the Naomi Watts uh, remake was really with uh, what's his name was really good. Not Naomi. Yeah, Naomi. Yeah, it was not yeah, Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I like Naomi yeah, Tom. I like the Swedish version a little bit better, but that was another one that's just like very unsettling. Like, mm-hmm. They're not wearing masks, even. They're just yep. like, okay, we're in your house now, and we're we're doing this, and yep. you're gonna play along. Um, uh, Michael, uh, I can't remember the kid's name. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the main of the two kids that's, that's involved in that, like he's just so deadpan creepy in that movie. Like I'm, I'm going to do this to you. I'm, I'm going to stab you now. Like he just calm, cool, collective, and just tells him all the terrible stuff that he is about to do. Like very well done. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of funny games also. Uh, the next honorable mention was by my buddy, John Petty. Uh, we all, we actually got into a, I wouldn't say debate, but a conversation over this movie uh, online. Um, it follows uh, uh, during during COVID. I actually watched it follows twice. At some point early on in COVID, I watched it, and like earlier, like a year later, sometime this year during COVID, uh, I was like, "Oh man, I always wanted to watch that movie. I should watch it." Follows, so I fired it up one night, <laughs> and I started watching it. And like that opening scene is a pretty memorable opening scene, and I'm like, "Man." I remember this scene. Like I'm a, I must've watched the opening scene and just didn't remember that we get like halfway through the movie. And I'm like, I think this is about to happen. And it does. You know, okay. And then we get like two thirds of the way in when, when, when they're 
like when they go and they find the original guy that had slept with the other person and then they're like sitting on the grass out in his like backyard or whatever. When I got to that point, I went, I've watched this movie. I, I remember this movie. No, I don't remember this movie. I remember watching this movie. So I'm going to watch it again because I didn't remember what it was one of those things where like, as I was watching it, I was remembering it where I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And then the pool scene. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I was just like, I don't know how I watched this entire movie and didn't remember watching it, uh, but I liked it. I, I I like it, but as far as like really good horror goes, I've said like supernatural stuff isn't really the big thing for me. I feel like stuff like supernatural, like you can't really fight against it. And I mean, like they kind of do in The Exorcist, but how effective were they really? And like that's why I've never really watched like the Nun movies or the Conjuring movies or uh, what's the other uh, Paranormal Activity movies or or anything like that or Insidious movies. Like, how do you how do you fight demons and and ghosts and spirits and stuff like that? Like, meh. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> stuff like a guy walking like- around with a knife slashing people. Like that's stuff I can get behind. Like that's real. The unkillable monster that's killing yeah. people. That's so, and you get that. Right. You can't totally. do the supernatural part. Totally. Uh, but oh. I, think, I think that's also why I like the Scream movies so much. Uh, like watching them and wanting to play detective and see if I can solve who the killer is before they unmask it. Like I enjoy those type of slasher movies. And and what's interesting to me about the Scream series is by f- like, really? Scream 2 is in my opinion, almost superior to number one. Like, I feel like the sequel to the screen is really damn good. I agree. And well, it's got Timothy right. Olyphantastic in it. Well, and 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 it and it doesn't what's the word I'm looking for here? So a lot of times sequels remake themselves. Sure. But it's just kind of like not as good as the original. Whereas this one's literally almost remaking itself. And then it's bet it's it's like it's right there. It's right there for me. Like I could almost say that two is better than one. I won't because I think no. one, I think one is a better movie overall. But like two has some moments in it, man, that are like really like that opening sequence was awesome. Yep. The cameraman then, in two is probably my favorite part. Like oh, the cameraman's hilarious. Uh, Dwayne Martin. Yeah, and then yeah. You, and then the whole like sequence of. Um, of them trying to get out of the cop car after the yep. car crash yep. is like crazy. Um, yeah. Like to this the, day, that's it, really one of my only big complaints about Scream 2 is why you don't rip that mask off once you're outside of the car. Like why you run away and then decide to go back. Like literally when both of us are on this side of the car door, I'm ripping that mask off no matter what. Like, oh, yeah. I agree. Like yeah. that's, that's, it's just nitpicky, but it just bothers me that like, and Nev Campbell uh, or uh, Sidney Prescott in three and four never would have done something that stupid. Well, but you know what, though? Like, you look at that, right? Can you remember the first time you watched it? I don't. I, the first time I watched it, I didn't I didn't think of on subsequent uh, on repeated viewings. Yeah, I'm sitting there going, oh, she should have taken sure. that mask off. But the, while you're sitting there for the first time, like completely into the mm-hmm. movie and she doesn't do it, you're not like, you're just like, oh, thank God they got out of there. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Well, and let me give my quick screen. Let me give my quick scream update. Uh, so last weekend as part of my anniversary weekend with my wife. We went to Scarlet Lane Brewery to do their Stabathon, where we were supposed to watch all four of the scream films in one night. 
So a couple of things went wrong. First of all, they started the event at eight o'clock and they didn't actually start at eight o'clock. They were at eight o'clock. They made the announcement. Not everybody's here yet. So we're going to give people a little bit longer to show up. So at least, and I'm, yeah, exactly. Like I looked at Caitlin and I'm like, they fucking know what time this starts. Like be here at eight o'clock or you don't care. So they didn't start until like first one. If they're going, it's not like people are going to a a stabathon if they've never seen the first one. Agreed. Uh, So uh, it started it started ish at eight. The brewery itself was open to the public till ten. So literally anybody that wanted to be there could basically watch the first movie for for paying nothing, like other than what they're drinking. Uh, So anyway, so they started closer to like eight twenty. And my math on this already, like when we were, before we even went, when they had it listed from 8 p.m. to 3 a.m., I was like, that math doesn't really add up because most of these movies are close to two hours. They're all like 145 to 150. And I'm like, "Eh, we'll see what happens. So they already started it late. So there was, the brewery was pretty much packed when they started it. It was really cool. Big crowd. Everybody loved the first one. That's great. By the time the first one was over, like I said, if you didn't have the wristband, they were kicking people out at around 10 o'clock. Second movie, I'd say there was 60-ish people still there. Like, probably people that paid, showed up, and were there. When Scream 3 started, there was six of us left. (laughs) That's because everybody knew the two good movies were over. and They weren't paid for the two bad ones. So, six of us, three three couples, stayed and, and, you know, some employees and whatnot were there, watched the third one. As soon as the third one was over, all six of us got up out of our chairs and we kind of looked around at each other. And the guy that was in charge was like, who's staying for the fourth one? And at this point, it was 2.10 in the morning. So we all kind of looked at each other and we were like, I mean, eh, eh, I think we're all going to go. So we only got to watch the first three. I wasn't in the mood to stay up till past four in the morning because even though I do like the fourth one, like it, I was, I was exhausted. It, I, I worked all day, like, and then going and doing this was a blast, but I at least got to watch the three of them um, with, with a fairly good group of people to do it. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, su- sucks that we, I, I, I wish they had started it at seven because then it actually probably would have been over at three in the morning and that would have been more. Okay. Uh, I also wish they had kind of like tightened things up. Like, not shown all the credits and maybe just a sit because they also gave like five minutes between movies for people to go to use bathrooms and stuff. And I'm just like, we could have tightened this up a little bit better, but it was still yeah. a blast to go to. Shane, um, you just got to run your own stabathon in your backyard next year. I think that yeah. is a great idea. I actually, yeah. uh, because anybody who doesn't know, every year I do watch all four of them. I, I, I attempt to watch. All four of them. Previously, I would watch all three of them together in one night. Uh, my friend Ryan Miller has done it with me before. Uh, my old roommate Lindsay and I uh, did it two or three years together. Uh, watching it. When, when Lindsay and I did them, I think there was only no because we lived together after the fourth one came out. So we we would watch all four of them together. Uh, I, I was actually asked this year if I was going to host one in my backyard because I have a fairly decent patio with a movie projector and a big fire pit. And I unfortunately uh, told my friend that I asked that I was not going to do one this year because I was doing the Scarlet Lane one. Kind of wish I would have just done my own. Uh, like I said, it was so fun. I, I got to watch the first movie with like over 100 people. So it was fun. You know, 
people were laughing at the right times and cheering at the right times. And during the first movie, they actually had an employee dressed in, in the screen costume who would like peek his head out around the screen or like uh, at, at the scene where the guy runs through the, the hallway at the school, like he ran around the corner from the screen and ran through the like crowd of, of people and whatnot. So for the first movie, they had a lot of fun with it. At one point, like I'm sitting there watching the movie, Caitlin taps me on the shoulder and I look over and scream ghost faces right here next to me. So like, that was pretty funny. I found out later that he had attempted to like scare her and she just laughed at him. Like I didn't even hear her laugh, but apparently like he tried sneaking up on her and getting up in her face and she looked over and apparently laughed in his face, which I wish I had seen. Uh, But yeah, so it was a good time. It was fun, but we only ended up doing three out of the four movies. Uh, anything else to say about It Follows? Do either of you guys like It Follows? Uh, Never watched. I, it. I do like. Oh. I do like It Follows. Um, it feels to me like a love letter to John Carpenter. Like oh, it's okay. kind of that slower pace and everything, but mm-hmm. even down to the music, like it, it, it has a very like solid John Carpenter feel to it. I will say uh, because I've seen it, it because I've seen it twice now. Um, no, <laughs> I don't really want to give anything away to Jason. That. I know it. I, 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 yeah, like it's it's all about like premarital sex and g- jumping from body to body, right, or something along those lines. Because essentially, like, if you have sex with somebody who has this demon thing, like the person that you have sex with, you'll see them following you essentially, uh, like until you sleep with somebody else. Like it's kind of passing it along, but then whoever you pass it along to is haunted by like a spirit version of you type thing. Um, when what I was going to say is the the third act, when they get to the swimming pool and try what they try at the swimming pool, I kind of just feel like it's almost a different movie at that point. Like what, what it builds up to for the first two thirds of the film is very much creepier, slow, like you were saying. And then I feel like they felt like they just had to tack on like a, this is what kids in, in the, in the late two thousands want their movie. Well, I guess it was like 2014. This is what 2014 kids want from an ending of a horror movie. Like I just feel like it didn't, they try to wrap it up differently from the way that they had built up the movie for me. Okay. The last movie for us to talk about on here uh, was suggested by Tim Pendleton, who has been all of our boss at one point, pretty much at the same time for a long time. His suggestion was 28 Days Later, which I am not a big zombie person, but I don't mind this movie. Uh, I like this one far better than 28 Weeks Later. Like, I I didn't like that one at all. Um, Cillian Murphy is good in this, but again, like, just zombies aren't my thing. Like, and again, like, I mean, I like like, uh, Zack Snyder's Day of the Dawn of the Dead. Like, when he did that one, uh, I thought that was fine. And like, you know, some of the, the Romero zombie movies are, are okay for what they are, but they're like, they're not the movies that like scare me. Because again, like supernatural stuff, zombie stuff, I know it's not real. Like, a- until I see a zombie in real life, I'm not going to be scared of one. But um, 28 Days Later, for what it was, was okay. But I wasn't a huge fan of it. Do either of you guys like it? I liked it. I think it was a, a an awesome version of putting some putting a spin on the zombie apocalypse okay uh he thought cillian murphy was great in the movie 
it, it's just it's fine. I watched it, enjoyed it, but it's not something I've ever watched since. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I watched it a lot for a while there. Um, I liked it quite a bit. I think it bogs down a little bit um, in the third act when they get to that like army base or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everything before that's really cool. Like the empty streets of London, even just the fact that they were able to close off Trafalgar Square and everything. For, sure. You know, even if it was only like an hour or whatever to get those shots. Like, yeah. That was really cool. Um, I think it was the first time I saw Naomi Harris in anything. She was really good in it. Oh, I don't, I don't think I remember that was her. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I, I really liked it at the time. Um, very Danny Boyle is just very hit and miss for me. Yeah. Like he, like I remember, Sunshine. Uh, Sunshine was okay. I know yeah, that you. I, like I, I know some people who really enjoyed that one. Um, I liked the beach a lot when it came out, just because oh, yeah. of how crazy and freaky that movie was. Um, <laughs> you have but, a two-minute sequence of Leonardo DiCaprio turning into a video game while he's running through the jungle. Like that was so awesome to just throw that in there. Yeah, it, was, it was odd, but it worked. Um, but yeah, he's he's a hit or miss director for me. I usually either really enjoy it or I'm completely bored while watching his movies. Right on. Yeah, didn't um, he do uh, like 187 hours or whatever that one's called? That was a little boring. And oh, oh yeah. James Franco, 127. Oh, James Franco, where he chews his arms off. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, what did he do? Million Dollar Baby or not Million Dollar Baby? Uh, the, who wants Slumdog to do Millionaire? Didn't he do that? Yeah, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, yeah. That one didn't really do anything for me. I liked but, that one. I enjoyed Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. I don't know. All right, I'm kind so, of with you. Like, there's some that I really like, but I've got a I've got a question for you. Since you guys aren't prepped for it, let me throw what it at you. What's one of your most memorable songs that played in a horror movie? Something that like just pops into your brain when you when you think and and i'm not talking about like score i'm talking about an actual song that somebody intercut into a movie that uh, a horror movie of some sort uh when joshua jackson turns on the car in urban legend and it plays the dawson's creek theme uh i really enjoy that moment <laughs> in a horror movie okay um uh or uh hush by Kula Shaker, I want to say, is on the I Know What You Did Last Summer soundtrack. That song is awesome. It yeah. rocks. Yeah, those, those are the that, two especially songs. Especially in that movie. Yeah. Those, so. those are the two songs that probably come straight. And I mean, I know I know the Joshua Jackson thing is kind of a joke, but like literally when you, for whatever reason, that's like, it, because it's a gag in a horror movie, it always comes to mind. Uh, but yeah, probably Hush by Kula Shaker and I Know What You Did Last Summer is the song that I would think uh, what uh, right uh right uh right said Fred the the song that's in all four of the scream movies uh with his red right hand uh, oh, yeah. Nick Cave Nick Cave in yeah. the bag bad seeds um red right hand red right hand by Nick Cave in the bad seeds is in all four of the scream movies so maybe that one too got her uh, I don't know I'm trying to think of like a pop or a rock song and nothing's really jumping out at me right now um uh, i'll try to think a little more what what spurred this question jason do you have one on- well the, uh it's actually um from scream and it's what the um 
Somebody redid the Blue Oyster Cult song. Oh, Don't Fear the Reaper? Uh, don't Fear oh, the Reaper. Yeah, and it, yeah and okay. Like, 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 every time I hear Don't Fear the Reaper, it automatically, even if it's the actual original, it automatically just reverts in my brain to me thinking about Scream at that point. So, Well, they also, uh, Alice Cooper's uh, School's Out is in Scream. Oh yeah, and, and the um, and that's in um, the faculty. Yes, it is. At least yep. it was in the trailer, and, and that's yeah, it's in the trailer. I don't know if it's on the soundtrack, but you're definitely right that it's in the trailer. So, you got anything yet, Brandon? No, no, nothing's nothing's really jumping out at me. Makes sense. I keep thinking uh, of like score songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. Oh, that bit at the end of 28 Days Later is like playing in my head right now and I can't get it out. That was in like every movie after that for like 10 years. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so have uh, probably this is more skewed towards Jason. Have you or do you plan to show your children either It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown or a Garfield's Halloween this year? Or do you guys watch them ever? No. No. So I'm not a I'm not a huge fan uh, okay. of either, of one, either of them. one of those. Okay, but I will tell you that it is somewhat of a tradition. This is going to be my first time being home for every night around Halloween, um, since I no longer work at the movie theater, and I know my wife was loves to watch. It's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Awesome. Uh, every year so she ends up watching it with the kids and she was she we were trying to figure out when it was showing and then we figured out too late i think uh, that it showed on pbs last sunday but at least we have apple plus tv or whatever and so we can watch it on there whenever we want to streaming wise so um, it's up to her cool it's not my thing but so yotter you are either of those in your halloween uh wheelhouse neither of those i watched the garfield halloween every year that one's pretty great wait which um, which, which one did i ask a, the the charlie brown and garfield asked, oh did you say garfield if they said i don't know okay, I, I do watch the garfield okay, one okay charlie charlie brown and garfield were the two brown. that i meant to ask sorry i i think in my head i heard charlie brown and snoopy oh okay and and so, like, that was the only one I was thinking of. But, yes, I do. I love the Garfield one, though. So the Garf- the Garfield some, one kind of scared me lines. when I was a kid. Like, the, the ghosts at the end, sure. like, coming into the coming into the, uh, the yeah. cabinet that they're in. Like, that kind of freaked me out when I was really young. Absolutely. Um, but the last couple of years, I've really enjoyed the David S. Pumpkins animated one. Have you watched <laughs> okay. that? I haven't watched that. I've, se- I've seen the Saturday Night Live sketches, but I haven't seen the animated ones. Sure. And the sketch is the sketch is fine, but they mm-hmm. made like an animated special maybe four years ago, and it's absolutely hilarious. Is it streaming on anything? Do you know? Um, I'm sure it's on Peacock, probably. Oh, okay, uh, I'll try. I'll try to find it. I had trouble finding it two years ago, but it was on Hulu last year. It was okay. in. It was like a special feature on that season of SNL or something. Oh, weird like okay. That. It took a All while right. to find it, but. But it was on there, so I check Hulu. Cool. Uh, right. Yep. On the side note, since we're still talking about Halloween and horror and all, we're at the, we're at the showed, hour and thirty minute mark. Though we got to hurry up and wrap this up so we don't piss people off. Understood. <laughs> I'll, I'll wrap it up with show. 
the monster squad to my oldest oh, Nick, and nice. um, he enjoyed it and had fun Good. with it. I Did tried he to laugh convince- at Wolfman's got nards. Uh, he laughed at all the appropriate places Good. and some of the inappropriate places. <laughs> um, and um, but yeah, so we had fun. Him and I watched that last Friday, nice. and then this upcoming Friday, I am taking him to see the original Ghostbusters on the big screen over at the uh, the Regal on 96th Street is showing a bunch of nice. Regals down, but we're going to the 6:30 showing on uh, on Friday, and uh, I'm excited to, cool. to see that. So. Ooh, I saw it, yeah. actually saw it on 35 millimeter when we showed it at Clearwater. I, I still, I still have frames from that because when we QC'd it, uh, the employee screening, uh, we had a brain wrap and it's actually nice ni- nitrate film uh, that brain wrapped. And so what Devin had to cut out of it, I took some of, so I still have some actual 35 millimeter nitrate film uh, from Ghostbusters. What was your question, Brandon? Uh, has he seen it before? Or will this be his first time? This will be his first time. That's you're awesome. gonna go big, uh, go big or go home, man. So I, uh, a couple of years ago, when they did the 35th anniversary showings of it in theaters, like it had been a while since I'd seen it. So I, I I went and checked it out when when those were back when it was back in theaters a couple of years ago. And I, honest to God, had, had not paid attention to how much sexual content there there is for a PG movie. Um, like not a lot of movies. Yeah, Dude, oral sex from a ghost. Crazy. Um, At least it's only implied. So that's uh, the good news. Yeah. Uh, And my my main thing was uh, this was a movie that I was thinking about showing to him sometime soon anyway. And so then I was like, wait a minute. I can go see it on the big screen the way it's meant to be seen. Let's go for this. So I'm going to I'm going to see if the family is interested in doing our family movie night. Oh, excuse me. Oh my God. Excuse me again. Uh, I'm going to see if my family is interested in doing our, we usually do family movie nights on Fridays. Maybe see if we about, about joining you for that. So awesome. I will, uh, I will let you know how that conversation goes. Um, if you're listening still, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, we hit about a little over an hour and a half again. Someday we're going to get down to hour long episodes, but you know, it might be 2023 before we make that happen uh, when we don't have anything else to talk about. Um, not sure what next week's episode is going to be. Not sure if we're going to do one next week. Uh, I mean, Jason and I have a couple ideas that we've thrown around, um, an almost famous episode of a soundtracks episode, like stuff like that, but, uh, figuring out what we can still do in these, uh, shorter, uh, episodes instead of me having like five page long scripts that I send out every week that we try to cram into like three hours. Uh, we're trying to get one page scripts so we can get through in an hour. So we're looking like 90 minutes is probably a good time for us to consider it as our, we're going to aim for an hour every week and they'll probably all end up being 90 minutes long. But uh, Brandon, thank you so much for being with us this week. Um, we need to have you back again soon with a shorter episode so that we can actually give you the Hurwitz questionnaire that we were supposed to start doing with all of our guests. Um, right. Got some questions that we want to hear your answers to, uh, but I had a feeling we wouldn't get to it tonight. So I didn't, I didn't even send them to you. Um, but yeah, we need to just, going on. We need we'll to just have you back. Something where we're like, we're going to talk about two subjects and yep. then we'll go right, <laughs> into, we'll go right yeah. into the questionnaire for you. Uh, so yeah, pleasure having you on, man. Always fun. I'm glad we kept it under four hours this yeah. time. Yeah, you don't have to split this one up. <laughs> so thank you very much for your time, man. Always appreciate having you on. Mayor, it's been a blast. I may or may not see you on Friday. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks, guys.